Welcome to Afton Unplugged, a podcast by the Afton School District that highlights the people and stories that make the district great. I'm your host, Superintendent Travis Brock, and in the Afton School District, education is the most important thing we do. All right, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Afton Unplugged podcast. And on this episode, we're going to feature the Afton Parents as Teachers program. And I'm fortunate enough to have a few individuals joining me, a few staff members that are involved with the program. We have Amber Cinnamon, Amber Perutka, and Mandy Murdick. And so, uh, ladies, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah, and we'd like to start out, part of our podcast is to get to know the people. So please take some time and introduce yourself. And uh, who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay. I'm Amber Cinnamon. I'm the Director of Early Learning and the PAT Coordinator for the District. Uh, I've been in this position for two years now. This is my second year. Prior to this, I was a special education teacher in the district at both Manier and Rogers, and I was the varsity softball coach. I am an Afton alumni, and I'm actually married to an Afton alumni, and we have a son that attends Afton Early Childhood Center. Thanks, Amber. How about... uh... Mandy, you want to go next? Sure. (laughs) I'm Mandy Murdick, and I am a parent educator. Um, I've been doing this. This is my third year. Um, I've been in education for over 20 years. I walked in as a sub in a middle school class, and I worked my way down from sixth grade to preschool and went, holy moly, I like all the ages, but this is probably my favorite position ever. So I really like it. How about Amber? Hi, my name is Amber Paratka. This is my fifth year with the Afton School District as a parent educator. This is by far the best job I've ever had. This just fits me so well. I love working with small children and I love working with adults. Um, I have um, an interesting story. I used to live in Afton and I used to live in the apartments, um, Laclede Station Road in Watson. And every day I would pass by Gotch and I'd be like, oh, this is the dream. I want to work at Gotch. I want to be in the Afton School District. Well, I ended up getting a job as a second grade teacher at a charter school in the city. Anyway, then I had kids, took some time off, then came back here, got a job with Afton, and it's like full circle. And I, it's just the best thing. This is by far and away the best thing ever. All right. Well, glad to hear that. We're obviously glad that all three of you are with the district. And uh, as you were doing your introductions, I always like to do that because uh, I think most people have more connections than just the job they're doing. There's there's a lot more to it. And so I appreciate you kind of expanding on things beyond just the current position you're, you're doing. We're going to definitely get into some specifics about the program, but maybe just right out of the gate, how would you describe the Parents as Teachers program from like a big picture perspective? I always tell my families that I am with them to support them with whatever they need. Because ultimately, if the whole family is supported, the child will be supported. Okay. So I would say, I mean, as a home visiting program, we go in and we spend an hour talking about all kinds of family situations, but also playing and having fun in a way that may be there every day, but also may be new. Um, and we can talk about everything that affects the family, as you said, because 
so many things will dictate whether our family is flowing well or, hey, did we find a hiccup, and how do we work through that hiccup? And I feel like that's something that we do a lot of. I actually get this call a few times a week. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, what's the elevator? What's you have an elevator answer? pitch. I yeah, I do. Give it to us. I have a little elevator pitch. So I usually tell parents that it's a free home visiting program. Um, they'll develop a relationship with their home visitor. They come at least monthly, and then they offer activities, screenings, fun things to do. And then we try and host events that are free for families to participate in monthly. Uh, last night we had our trunk or treat that we uh, partnered with the Early Childhood Center we host tot times and things like that so just a good way for families to connect with each other and one another um, as a family unit and then relationship with community members too all right and kind of right out of the gate i did want to put out there how do people get in contact with you so you mentioned that you get calls but what what are the different ways that people can reach out and get in touch with uh, parents as teachers i do so we have uh, a qr code that we use for recruitment at events so if we're at an event whether it be main year's open house or gotcha's open house or something like that we hand out these qr codes for families to sign up with uh, people also get that information from our facebook page there's the information to sign up there and th- through DESI, through the state of Missouri, there's also a link where parents can enter their zip code and it'll give them the contact information and phone number for the closest parents as teachers program. So sometimes they're within the district and sometimes they're nearby, but that's a really good resource to find who's closest to them, who can serve them and who can help them out. Um, we also partner with uh, pediatricians around the area and hospitals too to give out information to families that have new babies so they can get signed up as well. Uh, families can also reach out to parent educators so okay. if I meet a family on the street who wants PAT and our schedules mesh I can just put them in my system and okay. go from there. So, Alright I know uh, we talked about some of the interaction you have with parents. Uh, I think you mentioned home visits. So let's talk a little bit about that. I imagine if you've never um, interacted with a parent educator, you you don't really know what what that's like. Maybe you infer what it's like when you hear a home visit, but tell us a little bit more specifically about what does that interaction look like between the parent educator and the families, maybe even specifically kind of when you're doing a home visit. Okay, and that's funny because when I first talked to a family, I said, do you actually know what you signed up for? Were you just excited? And (laughs) either way, we'll be good. Um, So we spend an hour together and we begin of course there's paperwork but that's all okay we do an activity which would rotate around a domain of learning so we've got social emotional language um, whatever learning that either we have seen from screenings that a child may need to work on or if a parent says you know what my child is not using their words the way I'd like them to, how do we encourage that? Okay, so we go find some way that they will have an activity with them. Um, and next, we we always read a book. It's typically around whatever the season or fun is. Um, and then we have different conversations, um, including everything from sleep, nutrition, attachment. I mean, keep going. There's so much that we talk about. 
Um, and do you have anything else? Yeah, I, I just want to piggyback on what you said, Mandy. So also when we're doing our activities, we don't just look at the child. We actually look at the parent and offer tips to um, help the parent teach the child. So if we see, and we also do a lot of encouragement. So if we see like, hey, good job, Miss Mandy. You did so well with that activity. You know, I'll say, oh, you know what, Mom? I really like the way that you did that. Did you see the smile on his face? That was awesome. Okay. So. And yeah. I think at the visits, too, um, I know Amber is our parent educator for our son. Um, I bring up concerns that I have or just tricky things that are going on in our house. So uh, last visit, I told Amber that my little guy has been slamming the doors and it's been driving us crazy. Okay. So just some of those tricky behavior things and figuring out a plan of how are we going to get this to stop or how can we shape this behavior a little bit because... It's something that it might not be a huge deal, but it's kind of irritating to us in the house. And they have good insight and good tips that we might not think about to help us in the home. All right. And when do the home visits usually happen? I'm sure the answer is a lot of different ways <laughs> and a lot of different times. But, but give us like some examples of, um, you know, what, what are, uh, when is a good time to visit families, even though I know, you know, you try to meet their needs. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about absolutely. that. You know, we have a lot of... Um, uh, uh, two parent working families in the district and so we try and you know be flexible mm -hmm. and just like we want our families to be flexible mm -hmm. um, but um, we have visits at the park we have visits at the library we have vi visits at our gorgeous new center mm -hmm. um, and it's just we just want to make sure that they feel heard and um, we support them and that our you know our visits um, work for their family and it would optimize like when the child is most awake i mean that's, that's right. a big one i mean <laughs> if we've got a you know it depends on who's available so if a daytime visit is available that's great if not if it's once they've gotten home hopefully that kiddo has had a snack because i can promise you hungry kids are not ready to do an activity they are ready for a snack so mm -hmm. really it's when the child is most ready when they've after a nap not necessarily right before they've had a nap so there's definitely that sweet spot of you know kind of a morning couple hours or an after nap but interestingly kiddos have different times that they're napping so i might have you know a, a regular nine or a ten but then i've got a couple of kiddos that nap at that time so we have an, a 1:30 visit whereas a lot of kiddos are sleeping then so it just it caters to each family pretty much okay and then um, beyond home visits, what, what else do you do? Tell us what else uh, goes with the, with the program that keeps you guys busy, that benefits families that may not be uh, a uh, traditional home visit. visit. Yeah. Well, like she mentioned, we have group connections. So last night we had trunk or treat. So we had lots of little people running around and we got to see them and their parents. And that was wonderful. We've been doing um, park play dates. So if families are available during the week, that is a time that they can come in, bring their child and play together um, and meet other families. And then we have had, we've got Magic House group connections. We've got different opportunities for different families. Um, I know that we've been in contact with a, a sleep specialist and she also does some behavior um, uh, talks as well so we are in the works of getting something like that set up so we offer events it's the whole you know it's everything so so we offer social kind of if you will social events uh -huh. for kiddos and then also things that are in informational yeah. for parents that 
are looking for extra. And we, we try to have those events kind of tiered to what's going on in the world or what's going on like each month or uh, last month or at the beginning of this month, we had a visit to the firehouse and October okay. is fire safety month. And we actually did that visit during fire safety week. And the kids had a blast seeing the fire trucks and the ambulances mm-hmm. and how the firemen live. And we also gave information to parents about home safety what to do in case there's a fire, what you can do as little tips to toddler and baby safe your home. Um, and like they said, we we have events that are social and fun for families, but we also have parent kind of workshops and things like that um, so parents can learn. There's We've had a workshop in the past about uh, potty training, so I know that's a tricky time in a lot of parents' <laughs> lives. So. Uh, that gave some good tips and tricks for that and then we've had a parent toolbox about how to handle certain behaviors and set routines in your your schedule and your life so just things that our parents need and all of our parent educators are so good about communicating at our staff meetings about hey I have parents that need this do you have parents that need this too and we try and find something that's geared towards their interest or or what they feel like they're lacking or needing all right Let's kind of maybe uh, switch to what are some specific stories maybe that have really stuck out as you've done your job. I know that's probably very rewarding. I know you've got a lot of them, but can you maybe just share with us what is a story that maybe captures, you know, how a family really articulated you help them? What words did they use? What did they tell you that kind of affirmed for you that this made a difference and probably made you feel good? So what are uh, maybe a story or a memory that you have? Well, I have a family who uh, dad speaks English, mom speaks Spanish, and um, they were concerned um, about uh, speech, but also they were concerned that she wasn't walking, she wasn't meeting, you know, the gross motor milestones. So um, anyway, I noticed that she had, her foot was inverted a little bit, so I referred them to first their pediatrician, and I referred them secondly to a specialist and um, sure enough there was uh, something in her anatomy in her foot that was causing that so she was braced um, and well ultimately she's able to walk she's able to talk Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I feel like that was such a big success story Mm -hmm. Uh, we also um, I I brought activities to support language um, and not just language in one not just Spanish not just English I made mom feel a part of it and dad feel a part of it and um, I just thought it was great I thought that was a great great success yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it is it's, it's sharing success with them is the most fun because we ultimately seeing them every month we have that relationship and we come in and say okay what's on your mind and they okay my kiddo is not walking or meeting those milestones and it's funny because I was thinking of um, one particular non-walker at the time and um, we did the activity where they push a little basket and dad said well we've tried this and it worked better when we did it this way and I said yay (laughs) I don't know what the difference you know and we talked through how did it look different this way or this way so sometimes it's it's always celebrate there is so much celebration in this which is maybe why we love it so much because Mm -hmm. we get to go through and say okay if this is what's going on um 
here's how we implement X, Y, or Z. And it's it's little things, it's big things. Last night, I had a family that came in and said, um, our little girl has been sleeping with us. Uh, we have co-sleepers. I said, you know what? We celebrate all the things. And now they're going, okay, we're not getting as much sleep as we'd like. It's time to transition. And it's always the tran- it's always the transitions. And so they were we were celebrating, you know, we've talked about how do we do this, what will this look like? And they've been able to have her sleep in her bed for a couple days. And we all celebrated that. I mm-hmm. mean, we're all happier for it. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> In my relationship with parents as teachers is a little bit different. Since I don't do the home visits, I see um, a lot of the kids that are in our parents as teachers program at the Early Childhood Center, and then I get to see them at the front group connection events or the parent education events. So we have a number of kids at the Early Childhood Center that parent educators have helped them get special education services, whether it be for behavior or speech or things like that. And that first early intervention step was taken by these awesome parent educators. And um, last year, by the time some of our kids went to kindergarten, they didn't need those supports anymore. So it's really great that um, these parent educators were able to support the families, help with screenings, and help them get that first early intervention step so they can have success preschool and then their K-12 education and beyond. Great. Um, As we kind of wrap up this episode, anything else that you think would be good to mention? Uh, Anything you want to circle back to or um, anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, I would like to say Parents as Teachers is for everyone. It's not just for for parents who have concerns with their children. It's Mm -hmm. for everyone. Everyone needs support. Everyone likes to bounce ideas with other people. So please reach out to us. And being somebody that's in early childhood education currently and has a child that fits into that age group, there are things that obviously I don't know and I can use help and support with. So it's really nice to have somebody to talk to, another set of eyes besides the two of us at home, um, just to talk about and provide things we might not be thinking about or ways that we can support some of the tricky things that happen in parenthood because parenthood's hard. (laughs) We need our village. All right. Well, that's well said. And uh, again, uh, thanks to each of you for joining me for this episode. Really appreciate it. And um, as always, if any of our listeners have questions, comments, or feedback about the podcast, you can contact us at info, I-N-F-O, at aftonschools.net. And with that, Amber, Amber, Mandy, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Happy to do it. Thanks for listening to Afton Unplugged, a podcast by the Afton School District that highlights the people and stories that make the district great. In the Afton School District, education is the most important thing we do. We'll see you out there.